You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why are we doing this? For the love of the game, mate. For the love of rugby. Let me introduce your hosts. Some things need discussing. Don't mistake being a sap for just being a realist. No man has played for England more times than Ben Youngs. If you're having mince slash bolognese before the game, you don't want to splash it on your nice, clean white top. Oh, Dan Cole. With his hundred caps, all his medals, his cuddly, cute face, and his beautifully shiny head. For the love of rugby. Enjoy. I'm back. I'm back. Mate, you're back. How's your commute? You didn't drive down from Scotland today, did you? Surely not. I drove back, especially for, but no, I've come in especially for the pod, but no, I didn't drive back. We came back um, Sunday morning. So we played obviously that night, stayed in Edinburgh that night, flew back Sunday morning, added into the world CO2 emissions, flew past Leicester to London, then drove back from London to Leicester, was home mid afternoon Sunday, just in time for the second half of the uh, Italy France game. You know, Prince Harry used to come in a little bit and watch us train and yes. stuff. Is he? I don't know what, what we call him now. He's got all those titles gone, hasn't he? He was in one time and he was uh, standing there and we'll say something to the group. And then Eddie was like, how's climate change going, mate? How was Elton John's jet? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was quite good. Oh, brilliant, yeah. I mean, I've just chucked Eddie under the bus there. but yeah, um, and Prince Harry. And Prince Harry, yeah. But um, another week on Lord and Mountain holiday. I have. I had a great week. Have you? Half term. Flying, uh, flying back from there yesterday and then this morning coming in I was like right I'll take the little one to nursery and uh, my car's got an issue with um, well firstly car had five miles left of fuel brilliant yeah <laughs> and the nursery is about ten miles away yeah um, neutral down the hills yeah. was it so I was like right so I can't take that but equally it's only got five miles and also there's something wrong with the diesel emissions something so it will only go to 2000 revs and I can't go past 40 miles an hour 
The particular filler. That's the one. You're a guru. I know. You are. Oh, I know. Right. So that's an issue. Yeah. Right. So I was like, I can't take that car. So then I was like, right, I'll take my truck. But I parked it in front of the garage door because I was away for a week. Yes. So being smart, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. right, park one there, park the other one in front of the garage door because security reasons. No problems. Get the truck fired up. <laughs> Battery gone. Right. So I then <laughs> jumped in the uh, jumped in the Porsche and driven at uh, two thousand RPM, twenty away. miles an hour, <laughs> <laughs> the whole way to nursery. Just about made it. Wow. Then like gone downhill to get to a garage and um, and made it here. So actually, I was a little bit late, but that's mainly because instead of it taking fifteen minutes, it's taken me fifty because I can only go twenty miles an hour. So. It was just beeping at you. No, good. I'm glad. Um, yeah, my commute was fine. Just so you know. Well, there's there's someone, a listener of the pod, Callum Mack, really wants to know your opinions on the new roadworks on the M1 between junctions 12 and 10. It's a nightmare. And that's just triggered my mind because last night I was driving back just to top it off. You know, it says 60 mile an hour. Yeah. Go through. Flash. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to really? God. Oh. So I've had a vehicle nightmare in the last 24 hours. Yeah, no, I feel Callum Mack's pain because I went down on Sunday to be at Penny Hill Park for... 1 p.m. because we had an appearance and I left at, it normally takes about two and a quarter hours in my house on a good run. So I left at like 10, give enough time, I might forget some fuel. So she give me a good two and a half, two and three quarters, give me about a half hour buffer. Yeah. So I get to the M1, junction 10, 12, there's all these roadworks. Someone had a flat tire. So then you were going three lanes into two. And then there was another person who broken down further down the way. So basically got around to a halt and I got there at half past one. The M1 kills you. But like I have found out that the coming home from Penny Hill, the M40, it's like the Indianapolis 500. I'm driving at like 72 mile an hour overtaking. There's people like flashing the lights <laughs> behind you trying to get you out of the way. The M1's like properly strictly controlled, you know, like as you say, 60 mile an hour, 50 mile an hour, all this stuff. M40 is just a freeway. Everyone's like, yeah. It's like the road in, in Dubai, <laughs> mate. It's like eight lanes. And honestly, <laughs> the people just cutting people up ever. You sit in the taxi and you're just like, oh my gosh. Everyone's in such a rush to get to Birmingham on the M40. But anyway. Sorry. Yeah. Let's anyway. Yeah, well, yeah, enough about the traffic, right? As much as we love talking about particular filters. Let's get into Scotland, mate. Difficult result on Saturday. What were your thoughts? My thoughts. Um, it was a frustrating performance from our team. We probably played the game plan for the first 20 minutes, 10-0 up, um, limited Scotland's opportunities. Obviously, they have very dangerous runners, as we found out later in the game. And we tried to play the game as sort of far away from our own goal line as possible in Scotland's half, which I think for the first half we did. Unfortunately, then we probably started making errors Doing scores basically, they'll score a first phase, don't they? Basically, off a, off a strike. And after that, I think we probably, um, the pressure came on a bit, the Murrayfield crowd heated up, and we probably started not overplaying, but sometimes you try too hard. There's a lot of uncharacteristic errors that I think we, as we know from Test Match Rugby, Test Match Rugby is pretty much who makes the least amount of mistakes often wins. It's that kind of like, don't beat yourself. You know what I mean? Before winning the game, you almost have to not lose it. Yes, Scotland are a very good side, but we were giving them the opportunity to be a good side. Whereas a team like that, you kind of try and not let them play because if they get loose, then they're going to do that too, which is what they did. So frustration in regards to when we stuck to our game plan, we were right when we didn't. And we've probably a bit of inexperience, a bit of maybe the pressure and probably the first time this group's been put under real heat, we kind of buckled a bit. And sometimes you have to learn the lesson to get better. Yeah, I question the inexperience thing though, Coley, because I look at it and I think the pack is very experienced. You know, front row, really experienced. Like second rows, experience like Chesham's still early on but yeah. he's got experience right he's been been enough there Benny Earl again Sam Underhill experience and then you've got halfbacks of Danny and George you've got center of Henry Slade he's got over 50 caps so I look at it from an experience point of view and I'm like well I don't I don't see that yeah well I think the experience is probably the wrong term I'd say it's probably more 
the combinations of you have to remember that England is there's several clubs coming together and trying to play the certain style that England want to play. You look at Ireland, it's basically the Leinster team and they come together, they play together day in, day out, they train together day in, day out. And so I think attack is, we'll peel it back, attack's like the last thing to be added to the, like, it's the hardest thing to do, a good attack. So you have to get your set piece, your defence, all that kind of information, and then the attack comes on top. And I think England is, in some regards, one of the hardest jobs because we've got 10 premiership sides, players from those and whatever, have got to come together and everyone plays different styles at their clubs, everyone has different combinations and you've got to try and squish that all together into performance. It's the combination, I think, that we're probably not clicking in regards to maybe not the experience, but that ability to actually attack and the combination of the mistakes came from not being totally gelled. So it's a cohesion thing rather yeah, than an experience thing. That's the word I'm looking for, Ben. You must have sensed that you'd silence the crowd because 10 nil up at Murrayfield, like you couldn't ask for a better first 19 minutes, I think it was. Definitely. Well, I think that's part of the thing as well. You go to Murrayfield, like you have to sort of take the crowd out of it and it's a tough place to play, which is what we did for the first 20. And then I think... You know, they had a, a thunderbolt, a lightning bolt off a first base move off a scrum, which makes the scores, which gets the crowd back involved. And then from there, it's sort of they capitalised on every mistake we made and they punished us. Was it because you felt like you were in control that actually, therefore, you then probably played more rugby as such, which then created more turnovers? Yeah, I think we probably, on reflection, fell into that trap a little bit. As you say, you, you go to 10 nil, and you then have a decision to make. You either keep doing what you've been doing and keep ploughing away and it might not be the the most exciting stuff, but it gets you 10 up, it gets you 13, 15, whatever, you keep going and you win the game with that, or you kind of, you fork and you go, oh, we're 10 up, we can be a bit looser with the ball, we can a bit, you know, we can try playing balls out of the back or do what we need to do. And also, Scotland probably adjusted to, you know, you get to those games, 20 minutes into the game, your cards are on the table, aren't they? After 20 minutes, teams know what you're doing, it's that ability to adjust, and Scotland obviously adjusted to what we were doing, and we weren't able to adjust to what they were doing. So you're watching the Calcutta Cup as a spectator for the first time in however many years, Ben. I was. How did you see the game unfolding? Obviously, when you're playing, I've spoken about my experience and stuff, you're in the heat of the battle, it's very hard to but actually having that step outside and the wider picture of being able to watch the game and, and see it. What were your... I was gutted for you guys because I know that fixture is very special and, and I just thought getting into a 10-point lead, you'd played a tactically very smart game for the first 20 minutes. You know, your, your aerial game was working. You were pinning Scotland back deep. Then Duan scores the try, right? It's a, it's a read. We broke it down the other day. Not the end of the world, right? It happens, right? Then, again, like the turnover, lightning bolt moment, Duan goes the length, no issues. Like, again, it happens. And I think from then on, I'm like, like, what are we going to do now? You know, are we going to go? And I felt like we could have probably stuck to a little bit more of our, the way that England play. But then I question is, are we feel like we've got to play a certain way because the expectation is we want to see more from this England team rather than actually what needs to be done beating Scotland, which actually was a contestable game going into the air, winning that, making it into a bit of a set-piece game and playing the areas. Yes, like there's there's questions being asked about the attack and everything like that, but as a player's point of view, you're on the pitch, you're thinking, what's actually working and what's going to win us this game? So it was weird watching it, mate. It's very easy for me now to sit here and pick it apart, of course it is. In the long run, I would hope England, we learn our lessons. As you say, it's weird because you look at like the four-year cycle of you want to be, say, win a World Cup and you have to sort of be good at everything to win a World Cup. You have to have super strengths, but you have to, you know, you can't not be able to attack. And so it's that ability now, the ability to win. You want to win Six Nations games, obviously, but at the same time, you're probably trying to grow the squad, the way play, all that kind of stuff. And it, you have to you have bumps along the road. So as a team, there's a balance between playing the game plan that wins you the game. And I think trying to expand your horizons a bit. This group obviously wants to win games. I want to win games. And then the ability to expand your game plan comes in the training weeks and the other. Because that's what, you know, there is external pressure off in England to evolve and change, which is noise. 
um, and you can understand it, but at the same time, you don't want to be this expansive loser. You win the World Cup. Doesn't matter how you play, you win the World Cup. That's what matters, really. And I'm one of those guys that, that I, I do want to see England play a bit more rugby. I do. And I look at the talent within the side and I think they can do it. But equally, I'm also aware that Scotland going to Murrayfield isn't the game to do that, right? And you go 20 minutes into a game, you're 10 nil up. You stick to what's been working for you and you hammer it home. You've got an advantage in the air. You're winning that. You've got an advantage at set piece. You go into that. Your strikes aren't working, so that needs to change. Like, stop going off the top. Stop doing all that. Like, grab hold of the game a bit. I just felt like I was watching it and I was just like, why are we, we look like a team that's kind of like chasing it but don't need to. And we just like, let's make them chase it. Let's make them go multi-phase. Let's make them attack from high up the field. And yeah, like I say, it's, it's easy now being an armchair watcher now. But I, I looked at it and I just, there was just aspects of the game and I'm thinking, and that's why I question the experience thing because I'm, I'm looking at it going, lads, there's enough experience there. You know, are the messages not coming on from the pitch? Because like I say, they're, they're seeing it as coaches. Are they getting the messages on? Players have a different feeling because they might feel like it's on, but actually, is it fool's gold? So look, there's there's loads of moving parts, of course there is. I just, from my point of view of watching it for the first time, I felt every moment I was buzzing to be 10-0 up. At the end, I was like, we just let them off, like really let them off. Also, it's the execution of skills in regards to those, you know, knock-ons and stuff is sometimes it's actually the right decision. It kind of becomes the wrong decision because you end up losing the ball or, but actually there is space to move into or kick the ball behind and that kind of stuff. And that's, unfortunately, rugby is outcome-based, but the sort of process behind it can be right, but you make a skill error, which happens, you know, in world-class rugby players, knock balls on. I mean, I once knocked a ball on. I haven't gone near it since, but that, you know, and that happens. So, um, you know, and, and that kind of like, sometimes the individual skill error, right, not overrides, but people see the outcome, but they don't actually look at, actually, if we do this, this, it's on. And, and that's where you, sometimes when you debrief and you break stuff down, you've got to be able to actually go, we can see what you're doing. It's a skill error, all the improvious skills rather than going, why are you passing? You know, why are you doing that? Why, why? Because as you say, rugby, you've got to try and push the boundaries a bit sometimes, but you just don't want to feel after, say, a, a, an error, you don't want to go, get tight and not do anything ever again. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, the, I know exactly what you mean. Because you, you're, you're running the plays to, to break down and manipulate the defence and the plays are there and, and ran specifically for that team and that week. But the, I guess the, the thing is, is when they've broken down a number of times, at what stage do you go back to what's working and what you need to do? Yes. The bus journey in. How was it? How was the reception? Was it as good as we spoke about? To be honest, we're a bit. We came in and we drove into the stadium. And normally they pick you up straight away the bagpipers, but they didn't. They lured us into a false sense of security. Ooh, so we actually got like a quarter of way around the stadium, and then the bagpipers struck. Bastards! <laughs> like you thought you were safe. Yeah, we thought, oh, they've changed it. Then it was no, 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 they're here. So yeah, then we cruised around the stadium at two mile an hour. There was a lot of waving going on from the Scottish fans. Some of it with a single finger, some of it with two fingers, some of it with multiple fingers. Splendid. Um, yeah, so we enjoyed that. Anyone like, did you, did you speak about it? Did you give the guys heads up that hadn't played there before? I think a lot of them listened to the podcast so they knew what to expect from Murrayfield. The brick in the changing room. That's actually got um, seats around it now. I think they've incorporated that. Previously, it was literally just a pillar, wasn't it, in the changing room. Now it's got seats around it, so it's kind of like, oh, look, it's not a deliberate ploy to stop you seeing the other side of the room. Did you uh, give it a knock, see if it was a studded wall? Yeah, it was a studded wall, yeah. Was it really? Yeah. Right, sledgehammer. Yeah. It's getting it. Yeah, no, it, was, it was enjoyable until we lost. How what was the mood like after? Like, I mean, that's a stupid question because obviously everyone's good, but like, what was, the sum what was the summary? Do you want my opinion? You know, yeah. you come off and you go, yeah. kind of beat ourselves a little bit in some areas. Was it that sort of chat? Yes. Yeah. The frustrating part is we did it for a bit. If we did it not at all, you'd be like, oh, well. It's like when your kids are like, your kids misbehave and it's like, I just need to be good. But they misbehave and you're like, no, no, I, I know you can. I've seen you be good. So I know you can be good. So 
keep being good. If, you, if you've never been good in your life, I'll accept your misbehavior, children. But I know you can be good, so just, just be good. <laughs> it's like a rope. Like, I know you can do this, so just keep doing that rather than... If you can never do it, then can't be angry. But if you do it once and then stop doing it, you know what I mean? It's frustrating. And that's the bit I'm just a bit confused about. I'm like, why, why are you coming away from what's being successful in this game? Because this is what's going to win it. And you come away from it, and then you don't really go back to it either until right at the end. It's like, well, it's too late. One thing I will say is I'm I'm gutted winning it to meet Princess Anne. Well, I was sat there and I was like, when's she coming out? I know. But apparently she was there the week. Well, she was there obviously for the France game and she might have had other royal things to do, but... Well, she was. We found out. Really? She was at a funeral for the president of Namibia. Namibia. Fair enough. I'll let her off. Because we were going to sell her the pod. Maybe she should just on the fly over. Don't about Princess Anne, mate. Um, your kick chase. Wow. Where did that come from? What was your GPS? Oh, I think it was um, a record. 28 miles per hour, quicker than Usain Bolt. Do you want me to give you a technical breakdown of the kick chase? The listeners need okay. it. Right. Well, first of all, there's a lot of thought goes into it because you've got to work out if you're onside or not. Thankfully, I was onside because obviously Slady kicks it through. I was onside. At that point, run as fast as you can after the ball. But then you're thinking as well, I've got to connect with my teammates. You know, you try and form a bit of a wall to make sure you're trying to pin. There's obviously Scottish bloke back there, so pin him in the corner. You don't want him getting free release into open field. So you're running forward as fast as you can, which in my case isn't that fast. But anyway, you're running downfield giving it your all, then you see him go around and think Chez, and you're like, fuck. You know, you think at the time, you think, like, Chez, get him, get him, get him. And he's like, fuck, he's running at me. Then it's the question of, right, I'm going to dip down and hope to God he runs into me and not around me. And thankfully, he ran into me, though we were both surprised at that, I think, me and him. But then I was thinking, like, if he does go around you, that's when the old Jeremy Kyle deny, 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 reaccuse comes out, whereas like... <laughs> so basically, you'd have gone, Chez, Chez. Deny, it's like, I wasn't in the wrong position, I wasn't in this, it wasn't my technique, no, 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 no. Then you reaccuse and you go, yeah, where was everyone else? Where was Chez? Yeah, yeah. Chez, why well, did you not get it? If I'm running down there flat out and I'm the oldest man on the team, where were you? Where's everyone else? So deny, 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 reaccuse. Um, so that was the kick chase. Mate, it was class. <laughs> I think um, Dylan Dills was commentating and he was just like, oh, I love Coley. Look at him. Still going. He's, he's just... done nothing else, yeah, well, but he's, no. he's, he's run after the ball. No, you did a nice pass off the base to Genji. I saw that as well. Yeah, true. Yeah, little left, left from Remember, uh, left to right. Yeah, I've been working on my skill set. What can I say? I carried, the, I carried the ball. I carried. It was an exit carry. I think I just touched oh, the ball. I saw second. that as well. But I was like, do do do. Just set this up nicely. Get other the back rows and stuff on their feet. Carried for about two meters. I was like, oh, this is fine. Then I just started going sideways. <laughs> I thought you get dragged inside. I remember that. Actually, so like, so. I dropped to my knees. I was like, oh, no. But I narrowed down. You know, I was, I was giving the ki- the nine the kick. On reflection, I probably should have just carried it out because the kick only went two metres further forward. But if, enough about that. If this week, when you go up for the Fallow Week in York, right, you're going to York, yeah? Yeah. If they don't start building the game around you and your skill set, then there's no justice. Imagine the stodge fest that would be. Well, it doesn't matter, mate, because you're, you're leading the kick chase, you're carrying exit rucks, and you've got a lovely little distribution of your left hand from the base. You didn't look great bending over and picking up the ball. <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> there was a bit of the week we had to I like, think Genji saw your panic. Yeah. It was like, just hit me, Coley. Hit me, Coley. Uh, there was a bit in the week we had to do this um, training where we were talking about goal line defence. And I was like trying to explain. It's like, if you're offside, onside. And I bend down. It must have took me five minutes to bend down. I was like, lads, just give us a second. <laughs> right, I'm down here. Uh, yeah, get in this position, lads. Uh, get a three-point stance. And then it's like, everyone look away now. Someone help me up. Do you reckon you'll be the only player? Do you know when refs say use it? Yeah. Say like say the nines at the bottom of the ruck yeah. and you're there and you're looking left. 
Right. They're like, use it, please, Dad. Take the scrub. Use it, please. Yeah, I should just take the scrub. <laughs> you should, sir. So One, so. two, three, four, five. Yes, yes. <laughs> Turn over, sir. Scrum. I'll do it for you. Oh, please <laughs> do it. I mean, honestly, it'd be absolutely legendary, wouldn't it? Just pushing blokes really good to try, like pushing them away. Build, build a caterpillar, yeah, right? Because yeah. if you're going to exit yeah. and then just be like, use it, please. But no, no, sir. No, just put my foot on the ball. The scrum, yeah. Please. And if someone comes in to move it, just push them, kick them out of the way. Oh, dear. Mate, Anthony Watson hopped on the pod this week. Uh, he was on a Monday. And we did some analysis on Emmanuel Feyi Waboso. Impressive cameo. I was really impressed with him, mate. He, thought, he looked really lively. Like, what's he, what's he like? He's a good bloke. He's a, he's a hell of an athlete. Like, you're watching him at the weekend. Like, you see bits in training, but, like, just the way he covered the ground and, like, running over people, you're like, um, yeah, no, he's, um, he's a good bloke. I think he's studying his medicine. He's been studying to be a doctor down Exeter, so he's smart. Um, but yeah, he's, he's a nice guy. I like how it's a nice little balance to have with when you've got that much power and a bit more abrasive and like, you know, he can step and do all that, but he's actually very strong in contact and it's a nice little compliment when you have a winger like that to other wingers like a Freeman or yeah. an Elliot and, and guys like that. So it's, it's, a, it's a nice little headache for Steve. As a defender, if he's running at me, it's like, hopefully he runs around me, but he might run into me and if he runs into me, he's probably going to win the collision. So, you know what I mean? So whereas most wingers, you kind of like, if they run into me, you'll be all right. Whereas when you have someone as powerful as that, Find a way that embarrasses me the least, please. <laughs> just don't <laughs> just, just do don't me on the outside. Me down, yeah, just yeah. do me on the outside. But do not don't sit run me down. over me. Yeah. It was like uh Veronique Gonover. Yeah. He could basically step you, chip you, run over you. We're playing Newcastle at Leicester and we were saying, right, all week, Gonover around the ruck, Gonover around the ruck. So we kick off game, I don't know, fifteen minutes in. No, no, it was it was two minutes in. Was it actually was, two minutes in? It was about two minutes in, we're screaming, gone over from the base, gone over from we the base. We're screaming. You're I screaming. Am. It's me and um Mike Fitzgerald, he was out next to me, and I'm screaming, Gonover, Gonover, Gonover. He, yeah, he runs laterally. Fitzy kind of steps outside. I'm blaming him. Deny, 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 reaccuse. Well, he can't defend himself, so he <laughs> chucked him under the bus. Yeah. Uh, he, I think, looked the wrong way, and then Nicky stepped me twice, went round and scored, and it was like, cool. We spent all week talking about this play, and yeah, and I'd even talked in the week about, like, Gonover at the base, don't do this, and don't go lateral on him, all that kind of stuff, and he did, and he uh, embarrassed us, scored. It's your enthusiasm of, I've got Gonover, I've got Gonover. Yeah, I wouldn't say I've got. It's like, Gonover, like, somebody else. Right, we've got some quick-fire questions, mate, before we go to an ad break. Yes. Uh, Steph Longmore wants to know, can you break down what a blitz defence actually is, and how is it different from a normal defence? Try and break it down for, let's say, 30 seconds? Less than that. Right, blitz defence. A normal defence, you want to be connected and probably stay together. Whereas a blitz defence, trying to be as aggressive as you can, force turnovers with your physicality and put the opposition skill set under pressure. So if you're catching a ball, you've got a man in your face. And I think the blitz defence could be brilliant because it can create massive disruption behind the gain line. But obviously everyone has to know what they're doing. There's no real room for error. You're just basically trying to be as aggressive as you can, but everyone has to know what each other's doing. Otherwise it can come apart. What is your role in the blitz defence? My role in the blitz defence is to stay out of the way. Uh, no, it's to... You know, just guard the ruck, let everyone know that they're going on. Unless it's Nicky Gonover. Unless it's Nicky Gonover, yeah. No, the, the, the role doesn't really change. It's, it's trying to provide as much pressure. Normally, as a front row forward, as a forward, you're going to be finding yourselves around the ruck between, you know, the scrum half and the fly half, that kind of area. So you just try to put as much pressure on as possible and be in a position to tackle. We obviously give the listeners a bit of a guide for away games and what to see in the city. Did you manage, well, what did you do after the game, mate? And did you manage to explore the historical sites of Edinburgh at all? After the game, we had our little reception at the ground at Murrayfield, then we came back and I went to bed. Did I get to see any historical sites of Edinburgh? We were based very near the centre on Princes Street, so I did get to walk down Prince Street. So my family came up on the train, so I walked to the train station. So I walked down that shopping street. There's a big park there. Around Edinburgh Castle, you'll see that. And there's a few statues, and I think there's an art gallery. And didn't go in the art gallery, but I saw it. But my kids actually went to the... My wife took the boys to the Optical Museum, which was number five on TripAdvisor, which we spoke about last week. 
and it was really good. They really enjoyed it. Do you reckon anyone could get up Edinburgh Castle that that hill that steep? Um, well, I, I was having this debate with the kids. It's like imagine trying to scale Edinburgh Castle because it's basically on like a cliff in some regards. I'm sure someone could, but not if they're shooting or throwing arrows and stuff at you. We, we'll do an episode on on fitness, like and on preseason fitness. preseason fitness. But who's getting up that hill? You're, you're picking a team of three. You're picking a team of three in the squad right now. Who would I have? Um, well, to get up that hill, I think you need someone maybe back row, someone like Ben Earl, Maybe he's probably pretty powerful. Yeah, I think the tall guys carry too much weight front row. So type five out. Can't take Chesman. I mean, he can't even get on there on the kick chase. No, so. he'd be able to row his nose. He'd probably hook on stuff with his nostrils. Well, we could use his hair from his nostrils yeah. to swing up there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I'm going to go Ben Earl, I will go Underhill. Animal. He'd love it. So we're going Ben Earl, Underhill, you tell him the ring's up there. The orc will get up there in no time. Yeah, great. And then you're going with... One of the backs, I'm going to take... Slady, mate. Slady's like good at everything, isn't he? Yeah. Elliot. Elliot Slady, someone's an all-rounder. One of those two. Right, let's go to an ad break, mate. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Those are the ads. Welcome back. Um, so, Ben, I've obviously been really busy playing rugby, chasing after rugby balls. What have you been up to? How are you getting on? Um, obviously, last time we were speaking, you were doing a lot of promotion for the pod, and it went really well. Obviously, you've been doing loads the past week, have you? Yeah. I don't stop, mate. I literally don't. You, To be fair, when you come back, like, full-time, you got you got some work to do, mate. I'm, I'm literally after it. People are stopping me all the time. Ben, love the pod. You threw me under the bus a bit on socials, didn't you? Well... I did a little bit. So I'm running the socials and I think I'm doing a splendid job. And Murrayfield weren't ready for that heat. Well, as long as you're getting the heat and not me, that's fine. The social stuff is good, mate. I mean, obviously the kit demand is still very, very high. Yes, we, we're working our way through it again. We're working our way through that. So we've got a couple more weeks, hopefully, away. And then we'll get onto that properly. Yeah, I think the like, priority is you just focus on, on being great. I'll do the rugby, games. you do the promotions. I'll do the promotions, you do the rugby. We'll sort the kit out at the end of the tournament and then we're on to it. And other news, mate, we have some bobble hats. They're on sale now. Like, do, you, do you want to see it? Yes, please. Do they fit the large head? Well, I, I think it's one size fits all, but you do have an enormously sized head. Does one size fit, fit all? Let's find out. One size fits all, man. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Look at these. Whoa. I mean, who doesn't want this? Yeah. You have end-ups. I mean, we're, we're literally, we're going to be in spring soon. Yes. So we should have probably brought these out a little bit sooner. Nah, but... But when you never you, know the climate. You have hair, Ben. I don't have hair, so I think anything that keeps my head warm, even in summer, I'd wear this. You know, we're talking about a code word. Yeah. Maybe if you have a hat, we just know that you're a diehard podder. <laughs> True. Just give us the nod. I've got my bubble hat. You've got your bubble hat. Where can everyone else get their bubble hat? We need to sell this properly. Yeah, you're right. Coley, listeners, are you sick of those cold mornings, those cold afternoons? Maybe you're at Sunday Rugby watching the children and thinking... I'm freezing. My head is freezing. Well, we have a solution, don't we? Yes. Does your head get cold? Yes. Are you sick of training or walking around and your ears are freezing? Yes. Coley with no hair, do you need that extra layer of insulation? Yes, I do, Ben. But great news, we have a solution for everyone. Ta-da! 
the bobble hat. I just don't know how these haven't been invented sooner. Wow, Ben, these are the best things that have happened to me. My head used to be so cold, but now it's so warm. They're so comfortable, aren't they? Yes. It's almost like I've got hair again, Ben. And I think they fit any size, right? One size fits all, including ginormous heads. I think they go with any outfit. You could probably wear a black tie and wear this and you'll fit right in. Out for a walk, outdoors and indoors. Soft play. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Have you ever whacked your head at soft play? I almost broke my neck one time. I came up too early and whacked my head on the thing having no hair. Actually, this scab on my head came from uh, a garage door. So, not that one, this one here. So, no more scabs for me. After that pitch, who doesn't want one for the love of rugby bobble hats? On sale now. All the information is on the episode description. So, Ben, you've been on holiday. Did you meet any listeners when you were on your travels? I did. I did. So, I was at the Anatara and I was enjoying my stay there on the palm. And a couple came up to me, Mr. and Mrs. Now, they're either Storehouse or Stonehouse, but they know who they are because they're devoted pod listeners so big shout out to them big shout out to big t as well the security guard there big pod listener loads of energy loves it brighten up his day i actually got added to a playlist you know on spotify you can get added to these playlists yes well someone added me so what did i put in the pod (laughs) (laughs) i then got kicked out straight away brilliant yeah yeah. (laughs) but it was great like we've generally gone global yeah we've just been handed a list of where um people listening in from um we've got listeners in Mayo in Ireland. Copenhagen. Amsterdam. Lithuania. Germany. Switzerland. Italia. Malta. Canada. Lots of listeners in the US. Shout out to American fans in Augusta, Florida, San Diego, Colorado, and Michigan. Kuwait. Qatar. Hong Kong. We've actually been invited to the Sevens by a listener called Roy. Oh my God. What time of year is it though? Because we, we don't want to deal with that, that humidity. Be right with the bubble hat, mate. Yeah, we will. <laughs> <laughs> have you been, have you played the Hong Kong Sevens? I did the Hong Kong Sevens, yeah. I've never been. Well, I've been to Hong Kong and it's hot and humid. But did you like the Sevens? Is mad, isn't it? Yeah, the Sevens is great, but I don't think they're meaning the Sevens as in like the circuit. I think they talk about like the the old boys Sevens slash Tens, isn't it? No, I think they want us to sit in the stand with them and watch the Sevens. I thought Hong Kong did like invitational Sevens of like ex players and all that. No, 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 Ben, I'm not playing. I'll spectate. You spectate. I'll trot about, represent the pod. Roy, we need more details, mate. When are we coming? We'll be out there. Also, Dubai 10s, we're available. Will you play in that or not? No, coach. Jog on some water. Again, depends on the temperature. Big shout out to Nigeria. Download in Dubai. That might be you writing in from your holiday home. Well, uh, yeah, you're right. That could actually have been me downloading from Dubai. Thailand. Uruguay. Stoke. Brazil. And we've got lots of listeners in Australia in Perth, Adelaide, Byron Bay, Sydney and Melbourne. And some of those countries are a little bit hot but you still need a bubble. Correct. And actually, I have I got my map out there, there, my atlas, and I was doing some measurements, and I think the furthest like settlement away from Leicester is a um, place in New Zealand called uh, Papatoai. So if there's anyone listening from there, or fancies just a quick 40-hour journey to get there, let us know, take a picture with today's newspaper. On that as well, the shirt swap's going crazy. Um, we've actually got some kits in from Cheddar Valley Ladies, Ulster A, a special Army versus Navy jersey. We even had um, a jersey from the Falkland Isles and also... Do you want to attempt this? Clive, Clive, Rugby, Lanny Moria Fai. They know who they are. <laughs> Should I try it in a Welsh accent? Clive, uh, Rugby, because it's like a flamulatory. Cheers, boy. You know who you are. We've had loads more come in, so thank you for all those, and we will be distributing our stuff. We will be returning kit in the coming weeks. Ireland up next, mate. You've got a bit of time to prep. So what does it look like leading into that? Um, we have, obviously, on a follow week this week, 
England will be in training camp on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We're actually in York this week, which has been a nice change of scenery. And then, so hopefully get some good work and learn lessons of what's gone on previously. And then we're into Ireland Test Week, which will be a test week as described on the pod. When you meet up, day one will be, as I'm guessing, will it be, will you review Scotland and go straight back into Ireland? Or will you not touch on Ireland till a little bit, till next week? Because I've got um, some big build-up. I think we will have a bit of a study of Ireland, as in we'll get to try and know the general theme, but I don't think we will dive straight into Ireland because we try and keep the intensity for test weeks. But I think we will be stuff that we do in training every we get towards obviously the Ireland game, but I don't think we'll be delving deep into them until test week comes around. Awesome, mate. Well, that's another episode done. Our next one is a special one with our first ever studio guest. Any clues? Any clues, Bab? He is 120 kilos with a 12-inch fuse. Check it out on Monday. If you're a new listener, welcome. Tell your friends, go and check out the back catalogue. And... Once you've listened to our episodes and you need another podcast, go and find Joe Marler's Things People Do. For the Love of Rugby is ad-free on Amazon Music. If you listen on Apple, you can get it ad-free for £1 a week. We're back on Monday. Bye. See you then. Bye. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.